The following may contain language that is not suitable for all audiences. Was that was that echo long enough? We could have kept going, actually. Well, it, it took so long, I forgot. I forgot what time it was. It's time for the Low Fat Podcast. Oh yeah, the unresearched opinions of two culturally insignificant dudes. And once again, we have no topics, and we have no idea what what we're going to say. It's like a train wreck moving very very slowly. Why do I always feel the need to talk over the top of you? Because you're a cunt. Uh, that may be true. So anyway, um, well, it's, it's getting close to uh, midterm election time. Oh, fantastic. That's what I say. I'm in a quandary about what to do. Well, last time around, didn't you like research all the props for like months and months? And like you spend like literally hours on every prop, right? Here in California? Well... Like actually getting to the bottom of what it was about and figuring it out, and you make me you make me sound like such a geek, but actually, yeah, I do that every time. And then all the dumbasses. I don't know if it's the dumbasses or just people just don't agree with me, but now people, you think that your average Joe public is going to go and find out? I believe I am the average Joe public. Uh, I hate to break it to you, buddy, but you're not. Anyway. Oh, I just lit up some nicotine here and reminded me that one of your one of your friends who listens thought they were smoking pot. Yeah, I, I just I said that's like the funniest idea. I was like, it would be a completely different podcast because there would be there would be the sound of the joint being lit. You would hit it about one time, and then it would be like twenty minutes to thirty minutes of just you vomiting. Well, that's also true, but I I don't. I felt a little offended because I was sitting there going, "So you think we're stoned while we're yeah, doing this she, stuff?" She, she was like, "Oh, you know, maybe it'll be it'll be better if you guys aren't smoking <laughs> smoking back." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, you you think that, that we're fucking stoned? Like, damn, man!" So maybe maybe she uh, must think that we're dumbasses. Well, that's true. I mean, I I, I think that point has been proved time and time and time again. I think if, if I was stoned, it would be, I don't know what it would be like, actually. But yeah, going back to the voting thing, I just, I don't, I don't understand. You know, the powers that be, I don't even want to call them the powers that be, the people with the power basically want us to choose whatever they want to give us. And for the most part, everybody's like, okay with it. Because they just want to be paid off. That was the whole point of uh, years and years ago with uh, with with FDR's election in thirty six, I believe. Wait, was he the was he the father of like uh, social security and all that? Was yeah, that Roosevelt. So, well, yeah, that's FDR. So, social security came under his administration. Yeah, right. But all the stuff he was doing, a lot of people didn't agree with it, and I think a lot of people in the public didn't like a lot of the things that he was doing. 
Right. But they were they were all like, I'm not going to vote against my own interests. And I was just sitting going, what is, why is it in your interest to sit there and like amass debt? Well, that's probably not how it was sold, right? Well, here's the funny thing that that's always sold one way or another, right? Everybody's everybody's talking about we can't we can't survive all this debt. We're just you know, it was a trillion dollars in the '80s, and now it's thirty-one trillion dollars in debt, and you know, is it thirty-one trillion? Thirty-one trillion. Is a trillion a thousand billion? It's a thousand billion. Yeah. How many zeros is that? Uh, three more than a billion. <laughs> So a billion is a billion nine zeros? Uh, hundred thousand is three, a million is nine, billion is twelve. So a trillion is fifteen zeros? I guess. Uh, Good lord. Don't ask me, I'm not a mathematician. Well, it stands to reason. But uh so yeah, I mean they're they're always talking the one group of the folks with the powers always talking about it's so bad to have all this debt and yet it keeps going and so I'm sitting there going well you say one thing but you're doing another and I'm kind of confused well they're full of shit stands to reason that's a likely explanation they're all full of shit yeah they just want their power but then again what about us we want to be paid off too well, it's, it's the same thing as Fox News sitting there talking about mainstream media this, mainstream media that, like they're not the mainstream media. Or when the owners of Fox News are heavy, Democra- heavy Democratic Party donors. Oh, they are? Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> See, that's just like, that's like the rug being pulled out from under me. I mean, as- I mean I, I've already been kind of going off. Fox News for a while, like like I've kind of I'm switching off from Fox News like I was from the the quote left wing stuff, but it's all the same. I think it's hard to sit there and say I'm not going to subscribe to the left wing media when really all the people in media are left wingish, which that's another thing that kind of puzzles me because. You have. It's like you have to present your card, right, to be part of the to play. I don't even know about that, but I'm saying if you want to be like a person of the people type thing, and how you're uh, a liberal because they don't want to be called leftist, but that's that's essentially what they are. I don't understand how you can be someone I don't think I get to be called liberals with means and talk about how you like socialism. Yeah, I mean, these people are all wealthy. Uh-huh. Super wealthy. Not even just wealthy, super wealthy. Like, anyone that you're seeing, like, on national television is... A millionaire. Well, it's more than a millionaire. Well, the anchors... Millions, not much. The anchors days. are all millionaires. The what? The anchors, the, the new... The, They're multi-millionaires, dude. They've probably got hundreds of millions. Uh, I don't know about that. Okay, at least tens of millions of dollars. Well, they have millions. I think you'd be surprised. But, you know, a million dollars takes a long time to spend. 
Depends who's doing the spending. Well, that's true. But if you get if you're getting fifty cars, they're over a million dollars. Which which would make which makes me sit there and say why why buy a million dollar car? You can buy a car for one like a, a sports car for one point seven million. Well, okay, but in the practical world, if you get if you get if you're getting fifty grand a year, yeah, it's going to take you twenty years to make a million dollars. We're not going to have like, you're going to spend that money on surviving. You're not going to have you're going to have you're not going to have a million dollars at the end of ten years if you're earning fifty thousand. Twenty years. I'm not saying I'm not saying that you'll have it. I'm saying you will have earned that much money in twenty years. So right. it, it takes a while. Yeah. A million dollars is not a small. It's not an insignificant amount of money. I'm just saying you're going to earn a lot more than fifty thousand dollars to put away a million dollars to have a million dollars. In twenty, yeah, because you you can't. I'm not saying that you could. <laughs> I'm being very literal. Go figure. You could have knocked me over with a feather. You being literal, hmm. Whatever, Trevor. But yeah, so that's just that's that that puzzles me to no end. You know, it puzzles me to no end when I see people talking about how. Um, they're all they're all for the equity type solutions, uh-huh. but at the same time, they all want to be rich. See, you've you've read. I, I just read nineteen eighty four. Mm. I thought I'd read it before, but apparently I hadn't. Good book, and that's like that's like the logical end of. Uh, it's essentially living what it would be like living under a, a dystopian communist regime. And that's what the book is, really. That's like the logical end of communism, is this book. I think the logical end of communism is a revolution. Okay. But the only... Because to me, communism is a, is a parasitic type philosophy. Uh-huh. And that can only survive if it's feeding off something else that's actually making money. Well, that's the weird thing about 1984. There is no... Yeah, so nobody's ever nobody's ever gone to the point where it's just full tilt. The whole world is is commie. And number one, I I kind of believe, maybe incorrectly, that you can't have that because there's just gonna be too many unhappy people. And if it's the only game in town, then it won't it, it can't survive. So do you remember the book? Parts of it. I mean I read it. In 1984, so it was a it's long time ago. It's fucking terrifying. Because it starts off, right? There's this guy, he can still think. He can still, you know, he's still aware of the fact that history is being essentially rewritten all the time. He's actually part of that machine. That's one of the things he does. And then he meets this girl. There's a romance. It seems like maybe there's a chance for them, although they always know that eventually they're going to get tracked down by the Thought Police. And then the last third of the book is just fucking horrible. Do you remember what happens to him? Well, he gets put in a re-education camp. Right. And it's fucking terrifying. And and then essentially at the end of his, the book, his life is shit and he's been re-educated to the point where he can no longer think. And I'm like, whoa, that is a, just a horrific, horrific idea. 
the the idea of living and where where you have no freedom you don't even have the freedom to be able to think your own thoughts well that's quickly becoming here that's what they would like they the powers that be the people with the power yeah no i think all they want is the power and they don't care how they keep it so it's very short-sighted number one and you know they're also just kind of not thinking of or banking on the fact that they probably won't outlive their good times. I mean, do you, well, you mean they're banking on the fact that they will or they won't? They will not. So no matter how long their life lasts, they think that they'll be able to enjoy whatever it is they're enjoying until they die of natural causes surrounded by, you know, gold-plated burritos and hookers galore. So is that why they like... Is that why they like the global warming agenda? Because they can say, well, we're going to do this thing 50 years from now. And they're like, well, I'm not even going to be around. Well, I think, I don't know if I subscribe to the the prevailing conventional wisdom that is contrary to the global warming folks. Which is to say the people with the power want everyone else to be scrimping and saving and eating dirt while they fly around in private jets and eat steak. Mm-hmm. And oh, you know, you don't know if you're with that that belief. I yeah, no, I don't. I don't know if that's it's plausible. It's very plausible. Um, but I always, I've always been of the camp, or maybe it's just the camp of one. But I've always been of the of the thought that if you have a situation where there's only one game in town, it don't last very long in terms of history, but. The counter-argument to that is China, a culture that has lasted for, what, five, ten thousand years? Yeah, five thousand at least. Mm-hmm. And they're basically continuing the system that they've had from the beginning. But isn't there a bunch of capitalism in China now? Right, but it's all capitalism that is controlled by the people with the power. Right. They're the only ones who are getting wealthier. Well, they and, and their cronies. Right. And there's enough capitalism going around that they can bribe a bunch of people. And so there are there are tons of people that are willing to be the guards of the prison camp. Yeah. So, yeah, on the one side, yeah, there's tons of stuff going. It's a giant population. And for many hundreds, maybe even many thousands of years, China was where it was at. All the junk, all the junk that we use is from China. Not, not just, you know, not just all the, all the, um, not just all the, uh, uh, you know, the materials, but, you know, the compass that always points north. That's Chinese invention. Gunpowder. That's Chinese invention. Hmm. Uh, paper money. Chinese invention. Not mathematics. Well, I think mathematics was kind of an, was kind of like stumbled onto by people from everywhere. Oh, I thought it was the Middle East. Or was it? Well, algebra and algebra, the, yeah, and the numbers that we use, right? Which is a lot less cumbersome than Chinese writing of numbers and Latin. Yeah, but so a lot of things. Hell, there's even a system of math that's that's so, named so after guns. Guns were China. Gunpowder, and then. Everything that comes with gunpowder. Well, assembly lines, too, like mass production. I thought that was Ford. Ford was the assembly line, but mass production, China, a long time ago, the Chinese mass-produced crossbows. Huh. They had a, they had a standard thing, and so, like, you know, you could just 
boom, boom, boom. Hmm. Uh, they had crossbows with with uh, with clips. Essentially, they had seven arrows and a crossbow. So he was like, "Pshoop, little pshoop, did it, pshoop, did it." I didn't know the crossbows came from China. Well, the crossbows didn't, but standardized parts. Ah. Uh-huh. But yeah, Ford Ford was the assembly line system, whereas before you had artisans making a part and going to the car. Mm-hmm. Ford was like, well, "Why don't we just keep the people in the same place and have the car continuously moving?" And now everybody does that. Well, yeah, it's a smart thing. And and look, you know, that's not easy work either. No. You know, being a being an artisan, which is not easy work, was replaced with the assembly line system, which is also not easy work. I couldn't do it. Bro. I mean, you know, they got they got paid really good money. Well, they used to. They still now do. That, no. Well, no. Okay. Well, well, no. Some things. I mean, they they have machines do a lot of stuff. But think about like the factories in Asia and stuff where the like cigarettes and cigarette factories and shoes and all that shit. I'm pretty sure it's like slave labor. Yeah, well, a lot of stuff, yeah. So, you know, has has all that stuff helped people? I don't think so. It's helped people that live in a, in a, in a quote-unquote free-ish society. Yeah. But, you know, um, the, whole, the whole move towards socialism... I'm not. I'm not for that. And the people that sit there and talk about how Europe is superior to America, I'm just like you're. You're. You're full of shit. You know, especially when they're sitting there saying, "Well, you know, they they provide healthcare and all this junk." And I was like, "Yeah, that's because the United States pays for their defense." So you know, you're taking a big. You're taking billions of dollars. That's an inconvenient truth, Dave. <laughs> you're taking billions of dollars from one place and shoving it into another. Because somebody else is paying for it. And that's that's my whole thing. Like, you know, if, if you're going to go to a total socialized system, number one, I don't trust people or believe in people enough to, to, to want to do that. And number two, if, if that happens, then basically this 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 I do believe because the, the, the prevailing conventional wisdom on on that is is like, oh, you, you know, you want you want the government to take care of your health care. Look at the DMV. And it's like, Ugh. oh, my goodness. Have you seen that? Um, that there was a woman that was on, uh, you know, the Steve Harvey show. What is it? Family Feud. Oh, yeah. And he was like, so what do you do? And she was like, I work at the DMV. He's like, huh. <laughs> and then he was like, so you're one of those people, huh? And she was like, no, 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 no. And she, he was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> um. He but, basically dust the DMV and he dust her. Well, it's easy to. I the, mean, there's the DMV is it works, but it's fucking slow. I don't think it works. What well, kind of does? Well, yeah, but I think I think they could make it work a lot better. But but government isn't supposed to be making money. But people always complain about the DMV, and I'm like, have you experienced socialized medicine? I have to a certain extent, like 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 the like the British medical system, for example. It's it's notorious. Well, here, okay. Well, here's here's one thing that I've always had a question about. So we we know a lot of expatriates from various socialized medicine places, right? And you know, and they always shit on the American system. Yes, and they always take their vacations to go back home to take advantage of the socialized medicine. And I'm sitting there going, but you don't pay taxes there anymore. Yeah. And you're going there to do that, and they're they're talking about how it's superior to here. 
they must be putting a stop to that now. I know some countries Like, are. for example, like, I haven't been home to New Zealand in such a long time that, like, I can no longer vote in elections in New Zealand. I sincerely doubt that if I had a medical issue, that if I went back to New Zealand, I don't know that I could get treatment now. You mean beyond getting, like, two aspirin and call me in the morning? Right. Yeah. Like, I don't think I could go back to New Zealand and get a medical procedure. I haven't been, I haven't been back in New Zealand or had a, any kind of, like, any kind of... Uh, what's the word? Standing, you know, any okay. kind of like I just haven't been there, so I would I would sincerely doubt that I could go back to New Zealand and get a procedure. Yeah, that's 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 always that makes sense. That's always been kind of uh, the question for me because <clears throat> I've heard from you and in various things that I've read that if you have anything that requires any type of additional services, yeah, like a broken leg or right. whatever then, you know, you could very well die waiting in line to get treatment, like if you had cancer. Right. Or there was the, there's the horror story that, that, that's been going around about some kid who years ago, uh, a couple years ago maybe, had, um, had a cavity or something, right? And he was on, he was on like Medicaid or something. Mm-hmm. And there were no providers that were willing to take care of that nearby. And while there were, while his family or his parents were looking for someone to take care of this cavity, it just got worse and worse and worse and turned into an abscess that went into his brain. Oh, gosh. And then there's also the stories about how, you know, when you have government health care that is basically rationing. So you have the, the horror story about the one kid, right? The 11-month-old kid who had a whole bunch of junk wrong with him. Mm-hmm. And the British government was like, we're not going to pay the money right, for his right. care. Yeah, yeah, that was a fam- like very well-known case. And, and there, were, there, were, there were hospitals here that were saying, we'll do it for free. And just they, they just get him over here. And they wouldn't. And the Brits didn't want to didn't let him leave. That's some fucked up shit. So, you know, it's all well and good to say something like, oh, well, this will work for 80% of the people. Why didn't they just pull the kid's tooth? The other example, what the the kid with the cavity. Again, this is the story that I that, that I read was just that the the reimbursements from Medicaid was just so low. Yeah, that there were providers that just didn't want to be on on the. But on why the, didn't the parents just pull the kid's fucking tooth? I don't know that they would that they knew. Yeah. You know, you're 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 kind of you're kind of expecting the government to do things for you, which is why. I don't, while I don't think there, that everything should be privatized, I think there are some, I think there are some things that the government must do. Like roads? Uh, defense is one. Police? Yeah. I mean, there, there are things that I think. You have to have certain things in order for things to operate in civics. Is it civic? Civil, C- civil society. I, yeah. I mean, there could, there are various arguments for totally privatizing everything and, no. and and whatnot, but I think there are certain things that must be under the national or government. Yeah, like if you if you privatize the postal service, it would cost like if you were like in Utah or something, it would cost you like fifteen dollars to send a letter. Well, that was the whole point. That was the whole thing about Ben. That was Ben Franklin's argument about yeah. having a a government run postal service because that makes sense. Because that and that was his argument. Look, if you live in a in a super rural place where there's not any any anything, then there's there's no business reason, yeah, to to keep it. I mean, that's that's why part of me, 
although I know it would never happen because the people with the power and the money would never let it happen. You know, I, I totally think that you can get rid of the corporate form if you want to make things more equitable. It's never going to happen. Yeah, there's just too much money in it. It's just like having a flat tax. Yeah, could you imagine all the people that would be uh, put out of work? Be a lot. Tons. You could get rid of most of the IRS. Ooh. And and ta- and accountants and tax, tax consultants. Tax attorneys, tax accountants. Yeah. All those people. Oh, that would be a fight, wouldn't it? I mean... Because people have talked about flat tax before, right? Yeah, and, and it's never happened. Well, they, it's never happened because the argument is it's too aggressive. People that make don't, you know, it punishes people for not making enough money. And, you know, I'm like, I'm sitting there going, well, you people believe in merit. Tell them to do something different. I saw a good, uh, a good bit on, uh, what's the other show? Not Tucker Carlson, the one before Tucker Carlson. I don't watch any of those shows. The guy I don't like. Oh, Hannity. No. The guy, the Black. guy that, Ken Black? Glenn Beck? No, he's not on Fox anymore. Oh. Um, Je- is it Jesse? Jesse Waters? Yeah, it was a Jesse Waters. I think it was a Jesse Waters bit, and it was some black kid who was doing a... I don't know if he's a conservative, but anyway, he, he went to... There are a lot more black conservatives than people want. Anyway, he was... Yeah, I think he probably was. It was a young kid, but anyway, he went to one of the f- most expensive... Uh, hotels in California. It was like in Orange County. Okay. It might have been like Point Doom or it was it was somewhere around. It was a very, very shishi hotel. Oh, the one in Pelican, like Pelican Bay or something? Or I don't know. But anyway, he went and interviewed people there. Yeah. And basically white guys. Yeah. Right? And he was like, so what do you do? Yeah. Right? And one of them was like, I'm a CEO. Wow. And, that, and he was like, so, so how did you become CEO? He's like, well, I've been working for the same company for 36 years. Uh-huh. Moved up through the ranks. Mm-hmm. I was like regular, regular for 24 years. And then I was like CFO for eight years. And now I'm the CEO. And uh, basically everybody that he interviewed, it's not like, it's not like everybody was just like, I'm white. Like I become CEO. It was like, no, everybody's fucking worked their way into these positions and, and fucking works hard. And like, it's not like, they just were born and then the wealth and the things just fell on them. Yeah. Everybody fucking worked their way into the positions. Yeah, they but that's, that's, that's one person. the wealth. That's one per. If you, if no, you, but it wasn't just one person. He interviewed fucking like 10 people. One person at, at each respective company. Yeah. It's not like those companies were, were, were populated by one employee. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they outcompeted. Yeah. In a sense, but, you know, I'm sure they were, and they had help, of course, but that, that would be used as the counter argument, right? Well, there's only one, there's only one spot for a person. Well, there was another guy. He wasn't like the owner of the company. There was another guy. He was like, I think he was an accountant and he'd become CFO and he was like, and so the the kid was like, do you got any advice? He's like, yeah, you better integrate your work life and your personal life. In other words, he was saying, don't, don't bank on, you're not going to work 40 hours. Yeah. You're going to work fucking 60 hours or 70 at least, hours or at least. whatever. And, kids are and then the kid you? was like, what are you earning? He's like $200,000 a year. Mm. Like not that much, but That's a lot. pretty good. That's a lot. That's That puts you in the 1%. Um, but yeah, this this guy's probably working upward of 60 hours a week. At least. Maybe 70 hours a week. At least. I When I used to work for other people, I, I worked at least that and then made not 
200 grand. Yeah. So, but, but, but that's kind of like what, what bugs me right now about the, the, what's the word? The narrative, right? The narrative is like every white guy basically doesn't deserve whatever it is they get getting paid because they've gotten like a whole lot of, they've got a whole lot of extra leg ups by virtue of being white. I'm like, I don't think that's the case. Well, that probably isn't, but you also have to remember that your outlook on life is almost totally situational. What, what do you mean? Well, if you are successful, quote unquote, right? Yeah. Then basically you're going to sit there and say, well, me working really hard had a pretty big hand in that. Mm -hmm. And if you're, not successful, quote unquote, you're basically going to sit there and say, I haven't been given any advantages or, you know, what have you. I mean, listen to me bellyache about how unsuccessful I am. Mm-hmm. Right. And everyone, everyone probably sits there and thinks, well, you're not doing enough. Or, you know, <sighs> the other person, the other people that are, that are quote unquote successful are doing more than you. Maybe you're not doing the right things. Again, yeah, that that's another thing that people say. And, you know, that could be correct. Maybe you should be doing different things. Possibly. Maybe you should be trying different things. Maybe. But if the answer is, well, I've tried a lot of different things then and still nothing's working. Then the response is, no, you haven't, because if you had, you'd be successful. But that's not true. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Your outlook is totally situational. And so if somebody had been trying all those things and it just didn't work, then that becomes a very, very, very frightening potential outcome to their life. Now, now the counter argument to what I'm saying is, is someone's going to say, well, you have been giving it a leg up just by virtue of your race, right. and you don't you, even know it. Yeah, right? you don't, and you don't no, have, you can't, you don't have systematic like no, racism there, to go there's after. No, or, there's no, um, like, how do you, there's kind of not really a response for that, right? Because it's like, they don't have to come up with any evidence. They just sit there and say that. Potentially. Well, you, you know, you, you have an advantage by virtue of being white. And I'm like, well, do, do you though? If you're in a majority white society, I believe you do. Right. Just like if you're in Asia, if, if the shoe is on the other foot and we're living in Asia. Yeah. And, you know, I'm having a, I'm having a, an easier time. Well, my own experience of that was living in Japan for a while. And Notoriously the, racist people. The Japanese, like there was, there was a couple of black dudes I was talking to. Oh, they, they must have been hating life. Something and they were like, man, they were like, this place sucks. I think it's probably <laughs> they had no now. idea too. They were, they were like, they it's were probably. like, we thought it was going to be like really cool. And everything. Nah. it's like, man, we hate this fucking place, man. Well, actually, Japan's not necessarily racist. They're more anti-foreigner. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't just the black guys. It was me. It was everybody that was a foreigner. It was it, like Koreans. Like, if Hell, you're not Japanese. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there are ethnic Koreans that live in Japan that have lived in Korea, in Japan for generations that I don't think are considered Japanese citizens. Well, there's even like the sumo guys, right? I mean, those guys are they're still not necessarily going to get accepted, even yeah. though they're in sumo. Well, the first, the first big-time sumo guy... Uh, in the 50s was a Korean dude. Did he become a Yokozuna? No, because he was a Korean dude. Right. The first non-Japanese Yokozuna was a Hawaiian guy, right? I think so, but that was like in the 80s. That was like 30 years after Ricky yeah. Dosan. Yeah. Oh, wow. He was he was doing it 30 years before that guy? He was in the 50s, and uh, he actually went over to professional wrestling, like the 
the the sports entertainment. Uh huh. But he came to a pretty bad end too. Oh really? Yeah, I think he got stabbed to death or something. They believe by the yakuza or something. Oh gosh. Oddly enough, speaking of yakuza, one of the big yakuza families in Japan in Tokyo started by a Korean person. Really? Yeah. They basically pity criminals. The yakuza. I mean, not the Yakuza. The, the Yakuza? The Yakuza, yeah. Like, I, I, I thought that, because, you know, I worked in a bar in Japan, and it was a Yakuza bar. Yakuza bar? Are you, God, God damn it. It was a Yakuza bar, and basically, as far as I could tell, they just, just had a whole lot of small-time scams going on. Well, that's all of them, really. You know? That's all of them. And not to, not to poo-poo criminal enterprises, um... You know, but for but for decisions and 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 certain opportunities, I could have easily been a criminal. Yeah, yeah. But that's 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 every dude. Well, it's like there's always that that uh, there's always that thing of like, well, if you had a family and you couldn't feed your family, would you steal food? And I'm like, well, yeah. Who wouldn't? Of course, I'd steal food. Like I said, your outlook is always pretty much situational. Right, I would go on big. I would steal food, do whatever I can to get food. Right. I mean, hopefully it work, but what if I couldn't find work? But if you're in a rich country, you can always just scrounge food. People throw away so much out here. Oh, I know. It's shocking. But, um, so yeah. Uh, what else can we, oh yeah. So we're, I was kind of like, kind of talking about how like the internet has ruined life for, I think mostly women. Uh, yeah. You're going to have to explain that one. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't quite get your... Uh... Well, the internet is really good at, at um, promoting a solitary life. But it's not, though. It's saying you can connect with people. Well, that's how it's sold, but think about it. If you... if you In, in this day and age, if you have the type of job in which you can ro- work remotely or don't have to go into an office or something... Mm-hmm. And with all the various delivery, food delivery, grocery delivery, all that delivery stuff, you could conceivably not leave your cubbyhole of an apartment. Oh, I have a neighbor like that. I've seen her twice since she's moved in. She's been here for a year and a half. And a solitary life is something that guys are more geared towards than women, than girls. Uh, the only, I, I believe that the only reason why guys are social is because they want to have sex. Okay. But even even with porn, you can just kind of simulate. Sex. It's not a it's not a good substitute. But you know, if there's nothing around, and you're just too lazy to try. Yeah. But now, and it's been and it's been starting uh, ever since we were getting out of college, like thirty years ago. Oh gosh, I don't know if I want to admit to that or not. You just aged yourself, so. Well, hey, I'm old. But the um, women are more social than men and because of that a lot of men the only reason why they are social or have been is so that they can attract women because they want to have sex not necessarily have kids but have sex this reminds me of that Dave Chappelle bit where he was like he was like look you know stuff that guys have is about attracting women well it's true I mean that's he's like you know pull up in a nice car gotcha yeah, because it's like if, if man if if men didn't if, if if a man could have sex with a woman in a in a cardboard box, which you and that's can, all it took it actually you know, that's all it takes. You could do it, but he was like mostly men having stuff is about attracting women, right? Because men do the chasing, but women do the choosing. 
Right. Except from what you told me about New Zealand, where women do the choosing and then the chasing. <laughs> seems like that. Which... I mean, maybe there's New Zealanders that have a different opinion, but it sure seems that way. Well, I think that's just kind of ass backwards, but... I don't but yeah. know if it was always like that. Uh, maybe, maybe not. But this, the, the whole idea that the internet is supposed to get us more connected, that's total BS because it's it has now become like a very bad substitute. People don't go out and meet each other. And I was thinking about this when I first when I was first working at my at my very first job after after college, where basically I was on the road all the time, you know, doing my work and then going on the road and doing my work. So I had lots of um, lots of time to think about stuff while I was traveling. Yeah. And I was sitting there going, you know, a hundred years ago, this is a hundred years at the time, right? Mm-hmm. So it was the 1990s. years ago. It was, it was 1990s. So I was sitting there thinking, in the 1890s, if I had graduated from college, and let's say I was in a society where I was in the majority or, you know, it wasn't like... It wasn't like I was like a hundred. If I was an Asian dude in America in the 1890s, I pr- I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be having a good time. Mm-hmm. But you never know. But just as a normal, upwardly mobile type person in the 1890s with a college degree, which, you know, nobody had, mm-hmm. I would I would know how to dance and not like break dance, but I would know how to like, you know, dance with a woman. Mm-hmm. I would probably have a big community or a community. Yep. And I was just like, you'd being a whole, doing a whole lot of civic stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I don't have any of that. And so I was like, where am I going to meet people? Because there would be, there would be months where I would not interact with, with people outside of work. And it would never, and because of the nature of the job, it wasn't even the same people. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the same people. And yeah, because the nature of the job I was working when I say working, I was on the work clock probably about 15, 16 hours a day Ugh. when I was on the road, when I was doing my home tour, when I was, when I was on, out of my home base, that turned into like 10 or 12. Still a lot. Yeah. So by the time I'm done, I just want to go home, order some takeout, uh, get on the Nordic track while watching cable TV. And that's all I did. You get a Nordic track? Yeah. I was making money, dude. Right, right. <laughs> And that was it. Yeah, I had a, I had that. I had all the cable channels you could get. And, uh, you know. Were you unhappy? Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah. I went from I went from being a very social and sociable person. Which is what, at, especially at university. Right. And to, before that, your, your childhood. Yeah, to go into a place where I knew nobody in a town that wasn't particularly friendly. No. It wasn't unfriendly, but it wasn't friendly. But it's all about clicks, that town. I think it, well, a lot of towns are like that, but yeah. It was all about... Very it was, much. It was all about clicks. I didn't have time to go to church. I didn't have time to do anything. And I had no desire. No, it wasn't that I didn't have the time. I had no desire. After after you work 10, 12 hours, you don't want to do anything. No. You know, and, and, and you know, okay, so it wasn't, it wasn't like back-breaking work. I wasn't digging ditches. But I thought if I were digging ditches, I would at least have the guys that I was digging ditches with. Uh-huh. And I'm pretty sure I might have had one friend that we'd go out to oh, have. You would have been hanging out, having drinks. You know, going to the, to the Water Buffalo Lodge, you know, whatever. You'd probably have a girl. And that was, that was the only thing that I think that kept me from doing anything. The fact that I was untethered. 
I'm still untethered, so if there are any young ladies out there that like the sound of my voice. <laughs> just email us at uh, lowfactpodcast at gmail.com. I'll hook you up. And, uh, you know, as long as you're not into, like, you know, traditional good looks. <laughs> so how come you're not, like, you could probably be doing the church thing now. Uh, you got time. Yeah, but now I'm at, at the age where the only age-appropriate people should have already been married and with their husbands. But that doesn't mean that there's not somebody out there, though. Well, I personally believe... Uh, well, actually, no, that's, that my, my answer would be a di- is a different answer to your statement, so I'm not even going to say it. All right. Um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, somebody's out there, but I think, I think there's too much... There's information overload for everybody, especially the women. Especially if you're going to do internet dating, which I'm not going to do anymore. I've done it before and just... I never did it. And, oh, that was another thing, right? It's just too... It's like you at the, at the, at the supermarket before, before things got kind of bad. Mm-hmm. When it was like, Hey, let's get some cookies. We go to the cookie aisle and you're just, you're just frozen because there's like 50 different kinds of cookies. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the way in her day. Well, there's a lot of different church options to like, like. Okay. Yeah. So that's so there's t- probably like, there's probably 20 different Catholic, 20 different churches I could go to. But, and I've, I've tried, the reason I asked is because I've kind of tried the church thing. I've tried a couple of different communities, and it's it's uh, well, it's hard to find a community that and they're you not like. particularly welcoming. Then there's that, you know. Um, but maybe that's just my attitude to a uh, little bit, a little bit, kind of go in thinking, "Oh, I'm not welcome. I'm a stranger." I mean, if you have that attitude, it's probably not a good attitude to go in with. I think that's that attitude's probably appropriate in another country. But then again, the part of the country I grew up in is not this part of the country. Well, I grew up in small town New Zealand where everybody knew everybody. I grew up in the South and the Midwest where people are pretty friendly. Yeah. Well, me, me too. My hometown, same deal. And, my and, grandfather, and welcoming of strangers. Yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, Indiana was not like that, but that's Indiana. <laughs> but yeah, my grandfather, like, perfect example, right? Worked in the same company, same Prudo & Co., same accounting firm. For 50 years, raised five daughters, you know, sat on various boards, you know, did the uh, did the books for the Boy Scouts and, you know, knew everybody in town and knew the connections with everybody. Like, he knew such and such or such and such as nephew and, like, he just, like, he had, like, encyclopedic knowledge yeah, well, of okay. everybody in the town and how they all interacted with each other and everybody knew him. Okay, you know how it's different now compared to there, then? Uh no. How, how many people? How many people did your grandfather have a maximum ability to interact with? Like, what was the population of that town? Ten thousand. Okay, so you're going from ten thousand. Where on the internet, with like dating apps, you have ten thousand potential matches. That's just bananas. You know, you're going from a town with ten thousand people, so there's probably only about fifty potential matches per person. But if you're real, if you're being realistic, it's only about five to ten. Mm-hmm. Well, I think everybody, probably a lot of people, met at church or or whatever, and that's the that's the thing about that's why I think the internet's probably bad for women is because they are naturally sociable, and so they're trying to use that to be social. Mm-hmm. But if you're using like a dating app, you know, if uh, if how we decide is true, we can only really kind of think about seven to ten things at a time. You really only you really only need like seven potentials to pick, 
Right. And that's giving you 10,000 options. Or a few hundred. I mean, when I was doing, when I was doing internet dating, I wasn't very popular just because of my demographic. Yeah. And according to the internet, the worst demographic to be as a, as a potential, as a dater looking for other people. As an Asian male. And a black woman. Really? That's surprising. And, you know, the most sought after potential matches are white dude, Asian chick, Asian woman. Wow. So I probably could have done it right then. You did great. You're tall. You're tall. You're tall. You're, you're Caucasian. You're not American. (laughs) (laughs) What am I doing? Um, but yeah, I always thought that was kind of funny. So I think information overload does have an effect. Oddly enough, for me, it wasn't that big of a deal because I'm just like, I really don't care about getting better. You know, I want to do, I want to do what I want to do. Like I, like the idea of getting a handout is just repugnant to me. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want you to give me anything. I want a shot to get it, but I don't want to just be like, Oh, you're you, here's your, you know, I don't want to be like a, well, even the Spartans and we'll end on that. Even the Spartans weren't like, you know, about the old Spartans, right? A little bit from only from what you've told me. Right. So, you know, when you got when you got into into Spartan society, when you were like when you passed the test. Yeah. You got a plot of land, bunch of slaves. Find yourself a woman. What do you get given the woman to? Well, they were pretty pretty into 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 government imposed homosexuality, pederasty, so Oh. Uh, but yeah, get a woman and create more Spartans. Right. But And if you were born with a deformity, you got thrown you got, yeah, pet, you got, right? yeah, you got killed. You got thrown outside the mountain. Right. But that was if you weren't part of the royal family, which is kind of funny. Mm. So you could be lame as a royal. Rules for thee, but not for me. Yeah, that's well, no, a, rules from, for me, but, but rules for, for thee, me. but not for me. Yeah. Right. So, so that was, that was all bullshit. But, but to, to get to the point where you're given all that stuff, you had to survive 18 to 20 years of some intense competition. You know, to the point where, like, there there's stories about boys killing each other right. in, in their thing. Uh, so I was just like, Ew. So you have to survive all the campaigns and all that stuff. Well, you have to survive the training. Right. The, the training school. Was 18 years of training? Well, pretty much. There was a thing. That you, the, the, course they, the course that they put in was called the Agogi, which, funnily enough, is the root for our word of agony. Oh, gosh. But, yeah, there was a, there was a lot of stuff that you had to go through. That sounds awful. It was. But if you survived, then you got all this junk. But you were also like... But you can imagine that today. Like, knowing, like, with how, how easy thing things have been, no one would want to go through that. Well, yeah, but... It's like you get to go through agony for years, and then at the end of it, you might get... You might get to thing. be the CEO. Right. But who's going to do that? There are people that are willing to do that. But not, I don't, well, maybe it's more than I would think. I mean, think of all the people, all the young kids. We've known a couple that are like, I want to be in the special forces or Marine recon. And, and it's like, kid, do you even know what you're signing up for? No. The answer is not. <laughs> Give me the bell to ring. <laughs> that's Let me a, ring you out. That's a, that's a different, uh, that's a different course. I know, but I'm just saying if there was a bell. If there was a bell, I would be ringing that bell, dude. You know they got rid of the bell for a little while. Really? Yeah, but the uh, the 
the the guys on the teams were like, "Let's no, nah, we gotta bring it's, back the bell because it's motivational." It is when somebody else quits and you don't. That is what it gives you a hard. You hear on. the bell and you're like, "Okay." It gives you a hard on. I didn't. I didn't ring that fucking bell. It's not me. All right, I think we're done. Yeah, and for those of you who are wondering, I never rung the bell, but that's because I was never in the course to ring the bell. <laughs> so yeah, like, subscribe, share, keep listening, keep doing whatever. Tell your friends about us. Or if you don't have any friends, make some friends and then tell them about us.